This episode of Ain't That Swell, the original degenerate surf radio show, is brought to you by Billabong and the Billabong Pipe Pro on right now at the pipeline on the north shore of the islands. Bruh. Get a mix plate. Tune in to see the world's best surfers rimming each other's cornholes deluxe in the hunt for surfing's most prestigious title. Yeah, the surf isn't bombing, but who needs it to be when you've got Goat, Gabby, Neckbeard Flaws, T-Dub, The Vortex Shaman, Simmers, Moana Bowl and Pip Toledo taking on the might of the Billabong A-Team. Ethan Ewing, Arkal, Seth Maniz, Macy Callahan, and Lobby O'Brien. In the men's heats, we're up to the bracket phase and some big ones to look forward to tomorrow. Cal Robbo against Jacko Baker in a full-blown Aussie grid-off. Arkal versus Sammy Pupo, that's a danger heat. Jack Robbo has a real scorcher here against Emrod. And John John Florence versus Kolohe, always worth a watch. The women's is already up to the quarters. A couple of big upsets. Moana Jones-Wong out. But good news here for Australia. Tyler Wright rejuvenated and ready to smash Tatiana Weston-Webb in the quarterfinal number two. And a huge one here. Carissa Moore versus Molly Picklam. Two women who you expect to go all the way to the final five. The Billabong Pipe Pro, it's on right now. Get off your ass and get into it. Hey, uh, well, first of all, I'd like to say, and the ASP are gonna find me, because I wanna be a part of this fucking dumb wannabe tennis tour. You know, I think they got their, his testicles so far off their mouths that this is bullshit, you know? I'm not thinking about that right now. I'm just thinking about having won the world title and, and hopefully trying to win another one someday. You just drop in and just smack the quarterback. Drop down, say, bah! Well, I'll tell you, Stu, I did battle some humongous waves. Oh, that's the table thing? Oh, surf looks good, Alvin. Not bad. Ain't that swell with Jed and Vaughn. Oh, those guys are back! Shredders, <laughs> Waxheads, Kooks and Barneys, welcome to Ain't That Swell, the radio show dedicated to cutting fucking sick. I'm your host, the two-time Gold Cone Piece award-winning surf journalist, Scum Valley's finest himself, the punch-drunk pikey, the sultan of psilocybin, the maestro of micro-dosing. And I'm joined here as always by my loyal co-host and friend, frontman of the Goons of Doom, former editor of Surfing World magazine, Tracks magazine, and Waves magazine, Vaughn Rinsed Corn. Deadly. Hi. Hello, Smithy. Hello, Vaughn. It appears the tap has been well and truly turned off uh, up there in the islands, bruh. And it is naught but dribbly speckled diarrhea that's been fed to us uh, in the form of the Billabong Pro. Oh, it's a real stitch up, isn't it, Vaughn? A royal stitch oh, up. Mate, I mean, it is classic fortunes for the WSL right now, isn't it? The was just. Swimming around in the, what, the, the, the raw sewage, the effluent that's left after one of the all-time great Northern Hemisphere winters. I mean, far out. What did they do wrong in a past life to cop this, Smithy? Yeah, you can only imagine uh, it has something to do with failing to, to make the, uh, you know, just the, the, the regulation live sacrifice. I don't know if they are... Uh, yeah, they just may have failed to, to, to you know, slit the throat of the goat. Not the goat, but the goat. And uh, I don't know, maybe also they, they may have uh, failed to pay penance 
That's another classical error of uh, surfing administrators of yore and, and by pay penance, I mean paid to hui. And uh, yeah, they've done something wrong in Wayborn, not honouring the, the tiki gods, uh, not sacrificing, not coughing up some loot to the core lords. And whatever it is, they've transgressed spiritually and they've got the kick up the coit that they no doubt earned by failing <laughs> to tick all the boxes, Vaughn. <laughs> Oh, Smithy. Look, oh, this is going to be a good show, man. I've been so jacked to get back into uh, the was, back into the world title race, as we've talked about in the lead-up to this uh, year, mate. Jeez, I mean, everyone's fit, everyone's healthy. There's a new world champ. There's a bit of flexing going on uh, in terms of that generation just below the, the guys who have been so dominant over the past sort of 10 years. They're, they're ready to go, and uh, look what they get served up, mate. They get dished up the tripe that even my grandfather wouldn't eat on Christmas Day if he was still alive. And, mate, he did love a plate of tripe, let me tell you. It was just a mixed bag of offcuts and snouts and entrails that nobody wanted a bar of. And uh, that's basically what these surfers are dealing with at Pipeline right now. But, but Smithy, before we get stuck into finger buns, I just wanted to say congratulations to you, mate, for um, what was a fairly interesting night at the uh, Surfing Australia High Performance Centre at oh, wasn't it? Kazurina. I mean, uh, you and I hosted uh, the, what, what, you, what would you call them, the Surfing Australia Future All-Stars for mm. ages, what, 20 down to 14? Maybe even a couple of 12-year-olds in the crowd. Yeah. And uh, it caught us off guard, mate. Probably our youngest ever ain't that swell crowd. Yeah, it was an odd fit at times. I mean, uh, some of our <laughs> jokes, some of our gags. Uh, we literally had the W, uh, sorry, the HPC coaches gagging on some of our jokes. I think I saw one of the coaches jagging, uh, gagging on, one, on a protein bar uh, during one of my clangers about uh, you know some of the drug references. Jeez, uh, I don't know. I don't know if we were a natural fit, but we pulled it off. We pulled it off, and the kids, <laughs> the kids got oh. a bit of an education, and the coaches got a bit of an aneurysm. But yeah, that's all part of it. Yeah, mate, and I, like you know, we're sitting there. There's uh, what thirty odd future stars in the in the room. Jarvis Earl, the newly crowned world junior champ, Reefy Hazelwood, who uh, needs no introduction. Maxi McGilvray, Izzy Campbell, and um, I, I'd just like to read a couple of your questions out, if I may. Oh, go for it. Yeah, okay. So uh, this this is kind of the, the tone of the night that Smithy and I had prepared, not knowing just how young the crowd was going to be. But here's uh, one of your gems, Smithy. To compete like an Australian is to what? Fucking rip in? Rip in like an absolute maniac and then shake hands when it's all done? That's option A. Option B. Work your fucking slot out and leave no stone unturned in your preparation? <laughs> Number C. Honour the legacy of countless gritty self-made blue-cotter battlers that have come before you. D. Respect your opponent. Respect what they went through to get there, especially if they're one of the best in the world, and maintain a good relationship with them at all costs, or D, or E, sorry, all of the above. That's the kind of tone that we, that we went for, and uh, fuck, man, I think we educated this future crop on just what it takes to be an Australian surfing champion, to be honest. I think we brought something to the table. That's right, Vaughn, and if anyone's wondering, the answer to that question is every, every answer except for D, which is maintaining a good relationship with the world's best surface. Who gives a fuck about that? You get the win! You get the win! <laughs> uh, and then, uh, if I may, another one. Uh, this was question 11 on the night. Mick Fanning is that fucking good because A... 
He works his fucking ring off to get where he got. B, he grew up pretty povo, but would not be denied greatness by anything or anyone. C, he overcame the immense trauma of losing his brother, best mate and sparring partner Sean as a teenager, overcame multiple career-threatening injuries, overcame the death of his older brother late in his career, and had a skits running with a girthy Noah. Or D, all of the above. And uh, Well, no yeah, prizes uh, for guessing the answer. Fucking all of the above. The guy is an Adonis. <laughs> a straight-up so, Herculean ambassador for Povo Battlers. This country over. What an icon. So I, I don't know about the Groms or the coaches, but I had an absolute ball that night. And, and I'd like to think that, you know, the kids left the HPC not just with, you know, uh, increased glute size and improved heat strategy and, and, and sort of knowledge of, of how to take people down, but with some surf core lord knowledge uh, that could only really be injected by the Ain't That Swell trivia team. That's right, Vaughn. The spirit animals of the Australian surfing culture. Yours truly, the two-time gold cone piece award winner and uh, the goon of doom himself. So, yeah, let's hope they did take something away from it. A bit of knowledge, a bit of heart, a bit of grit. <laughs> and uh, I think they did, Vaughn. I think they did. And, yes, maybe it came at the expense of their innocence. But, uh, look, mate, it was going to get lost somewhere along the way. So what better place to lose it than in the, uh, you know, environment, in the, uh, in the presence of a couple of the greatest mm. Core Lord Cone-Fiend Degenerates of all time. And that's right, mate. And I think that uh, any future world titles, you can, you can chalk up a little bit, at least the handle on those trophies or, or the, the box or at least the engraving to Smithy and Deadly for, for bringing the core back to uh, the, the front of the mind for uh, the HPC. Mate, also that's this right, weekend... Yeah, I'll, 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 take, I'll take an engraving. I'll also take uh, 10%. I'll even take 5%. 2%. <laughs> and, mate, a little um, backhand, Oh, yeah, got to have that backsheesh cranking. And um, this weekend, mate, not to forget, because, uh, uh, yes, this will come out in time. If you are not feeling the mana from Hawaii and the uh, pitiful conditions of the Billabong Pipe Pro, although, uh, you know, uh, elimination rounds do tend to get interesting. But the Australian Border Riders battle is on this weekend. Smithy, free to air on Channel 7 if you're in Australia. Uh, you can jump online. AustralianBoardWritersBattle.com if you want to watch it. It's fucking such a sick comp, man. The best clubs in Oz absolutely going at each other. Eye gouging, groin kicking, hopawati fingering, doing whatever it takes to be their best club in Oz, Smithy. The pendulum is swinging like Jughead Allport's weighty cags, mate. Uh, uppity clubs who have had to endure unending beatdowns from, uh, you know, your Snapper Rocks, your North Narrows, your Merriweather. They're no longer easy beats. Uh, North Shore from the Sunny Coast took out this uh, event a couple of years ago. North Shelley finally got the win last year. Um, mate, my pick for this year is Torquay. I reckon they've been building for some time. They've got a sick team. It's quite young. And uh, I reckon good luck to all of them. You've seen the, the club culture. We saw it at the Usher Cup. But this is really... This is a big dog event in Australian surfing calendar. Oh, it's such a classic. Oh, I've been to a couple, been down there on the beach with me old mates from Bondi board riders, and I've uh, actually made a couple finals over the years. So uh, I think the boys could be a dark horse led by the great Perth Stanley, the great nightclub shuffler, the great powder tester, and uh, he'll be red-roaring, rip-roaring for a red-hot crack at this one. Uh, 
I'm sure you'll be, uh, you know, his preparation tends to be uh, staying up for three days prior to the event. Uh, you know, just just psyching up, really. Just get really getting himself in the mood. And uh, I'm sure he's he had, had an ideal preparation for this one. Um, I mean, some of the other dark horses, of course, Merriweather board riders stacked with talent, although they've lost a couple of big names to the Wazzle, uh, which is a fair dinkum disgrace. I mean, Ryan mm. Callan, where where does your heart lie, mate? Where does your heart lie? <laughs> hey? hey? Fair dinkum. Yeah. Just fucking jump and ship at the first opportunity. Jacko Baker, another. He's uh, he's hit the frog and toad. He thinks he's got bigger fish to fry than a marginal uh, grovel fest at City Beach, Newcastle. But, you know, look, the conditions have just followed him over there. It, it's calm. It, it basically looks like a a day at uh, a shit day at Merriweather Point at back door mm. right now. So um, Merriweather's still a threat, I think. Not sure who's in their team. Always a threat. What about uh, Eminem? Uh, Mermaid and Miami, they were the, the breakthrough performers at the Usher Cup. Uh, are they putting in a team? I don't know, mate. I, like, the qualification series has been going for, uh, you know, most of last year. So, you, so as soon as the, uh, the the event runs, you basically start looking towards the, the following year. And there's a few surprises. I know uh, Lee Bar didn't make it to the finals this year. I'm pretty sure North Narra didn't make it. Uh, wow. So they might be relying on a, a wild card to get a star. So, but, it, man... The thing that we love about this event, Smithy, is it just fully shines a light on, you know, your full local core lord. Like, these teams are often made up of just, you know, uh, such a, a mixed bag of, of, you know, yeah, that you might have a pro or two in there, but, you know, you've got your concreter, you've got your uh, fucking jeep rocker, you've got, you've got your sort of up-and-coming grom. You've got your and, anal uh, bleacher. You've got your, your male yeah. gigolo. You know, that's, that's right. the worst. It's everyone. And, and man... Fuck, oh, just the last few years, like Carl Burrow won it one year. Uh, you know, just a What a stack team it was, though. The, the right yeah, clan. Geordie Watson, Ty Watson. Jeez, there's no shortage of core lords down Carl Burrow way. Don't be surprised for a boil over. That's my call, Smithy. Uh, as I said, that's the uh, Australian board riders battle. Check it this weekend. But, man, it is all eyes on Hawaii. The Billabong Pipe Pro is underway, uh, and the main talking slots or points fit pretty nicely into our finger buns. So let's go for it, bro. Finger buns, just sitting in the room. They're sweet and sticky and absolutely delicious. Finger buns, finger buns, feed your face in finger buns. The World Tour season has kicked off, but before we get into it, Stab has also announced its Surfers of the Year poll results, and this is really one of the great metrics by which, uh, you know, just the purest performer of the past 12 months can be decided upon, and the top five women, Vaughan, no surprises, you picked it, Steph Gilmore, the Femme Goat, eight world titles, she absolutely smoked it, she raked in 164 votes. Next, Carissa Moore on 133 votes. Katie Simmers in third on 126 votes. Sierra Kerr in fourth on 90 votes. And Moana Wong on 44 votes. That's mm. the women, the top five surfers of the year. Uh, the old and the new. Well, the, uh, I don't want to call the femme goat old. She's uh, in her peak. She's in her prime. Prime <laughs> cut she is. But uh, compared to uh, you know the likes of Sierra Kerr and Katie Simmers, definitely a more uh, of a veteran 
but she's taken it out, showing that, uh, you know, like a fine wine. She's just fermenting and rotting in all the right way. True. But, uh, and, and I won't go too deep into this, but just news, just breaking, Smithy. Beep, 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 beep. Steph Gilmore eliminated first heat, first round from uh, the Billabong Pipe Pro this morning. And, mate, oh, jeez. Like, yes, she is in her prime. She is the surfer of 2022. But, whoo, you just realise how quickly that cut starts looming up on in the back of your thinking, man, when uh, you get a bad result right off the bat. Like, we haven't even talked about sort of the ramifications of a bad result in the very first comp of the year. But Steph is almost in the exact same position she was in last year now. She, she missed pipe with the spicy cough. Uh, that put her into a kind of like panic state where she was only just able to manage to uh, scrape through into uh, the cut. She put together a memorable and iconic winning run at the Rippy Wells finals. But fuck, mate, for all money in the start of the year, she almost looked gone. And uh, yeah, the throwaway event here puts her back in that same pressure cooker situation. Oh, mate, I mean, uh, yeah, it's like, you know, a huge result that appears nominated her as the best surfer of the year but mate it means nothing now that you know it's it's straight into the furnace again what's your take on that well surely the wsl can grant some kind of clemency from the cut for a a, a world champ a a fem goat you know what i mean like you've just won the world title surely uh you can't just go missing five events in and be back on the queue are you kidding me well i mean they set the precedent last year by giving sally fitz a a wild card when she missed the cut so you would think Steph would be straight up into that slot. But, I mean, what does that mean for, uh, you know, someone who's injured or, or someone who, uh, you know, is a little bit unfortunate and it's not just based on results? Yeah, it's a strange format. I mean, the more we get into it, the the less I'm starting to like it. Just for, the, for that exact fact that, you know, you've earned all of this credit, all these points, all of this, uh, these seeding points and this status on a run the previous year and just a, a, a shitty run of form in, in waves that may not suit you and you're gone and uh, you disappeared and you may never come back because that Challenger Series is so hard fought. Um, the waves, again, are, are not a guarantee like they are on the WSL. Uh, I don't know. I don't know about it. I, I still think the ideal format is is not the one that we're running with. I think it is the mm. the, the top sixteen, bottom sixteen, um, you know, and the you know the the bottom sixteen dueling it out with local wild cards for a crack at in the the main event. That kind of uh, what was it the the eighties uh, kind of nineties tour format. I feel like that's it's got to be better. I don't know what the ins and outs of that are in terms of economics. I know that's a big factor in deciding these formats. Just trying to be cheaper, elite. wouldn't it? Um, we know Slater has uh, acknowledged that as the best format and a couple other surfers. And we know that you know, there's plenty of detractors for this cut, uh, including Nick Fenning and uh, many of the surfers on tour. So, yeah, I don't, we're, we're tinkering, we're changing every year with the WSL's format. And, uh, yeah, I, I just don't know if this is a step in the right direction. It's got me rattled the prospect of Steph missing the cut. And it's such mm. a, a, a likely prospect. I mean, not to put the mock on her or anything, but yeah, it's very foreseeable. Just the more the screw turned last year, uh, this is all, you know, aside from finals day, obviously, but in that lead up to the cart, man, she looked, oh, she looked really fickle. Oh, like brittle is what she looked. She just looked like 
the the medal that she she summoned on that finals day when it was all on the line. It's a different kind of medal that you need when you you have to grind and grind and just get the results you need to get over the line. And uh, I'm worried for Steph. I, I, I mean, you know, bells, yes. If it's pumping, she's a, a pretty much a, a finalist there and can get herself in good standing. But yeah, I don't know, man. Pressure. It does strange things to people, doesn't it? Absolutely. Just moving down the list, Katie Simmons, she's put out a surf film recently and, uh, geez, it's called Toasted. I don't know if you've seen it, but I watched it and Vaughn, what it did for me is it gave me something to aspire to. And mm-hmm. uh, th- that thing that I'm aspiring to is I'm aspiring to s- surfing like a 16-year-old girl. And uh, <laughs> yes. th- that's not nothing. I mean, men's pro surfing right now is another sport. I mean, like, I just don't really get it. Like, yes, they're in water. Yes, they're on boards, but I can't say I'm sure what exactly they're doing when they're out there anymore. Like it, it, it's it's gone someplace I don't understand. Uh, I basically have to go back 20 years to watch surf films featuring men that make any sense to me, which I've been doing and loving. But I think that's the new bar for us punters is to to surf like Katie, to surf like a, a 16 year old girl, and uh, it, it's somewhat achievable. I'm not saying uh, I'd ever win a heat against Katie Simmons, but uh, just, you know, some fairly uh, sick, steezy, but somewhat achievable aerials, uh, a solid rail game, barrels that are not in the, the mortal Konequins range, but are, are nugs nonetheless. All very attainable for a fully grown man in this day and age, Vaughn. Mm. Well, I can't remember the last time I did a, uh, a roundhouse cutty to a, a fin blow rebound and then, uh, you know, back that up with a little... Finishing combo turn, far out. She is a good surfer, man. This this film, Toasted, is a bit of a black and white, like a, a Kelly Slater in black and white for women surfing. I can't remember a profile film that's kind of pushed the envelope to this degree. And because she's so young and such a global phenom and, you know, everyone's seen her coming, she's got that kind of Taj Burrow energy around her. It just feels like this is uh, yet another kind of box ticked for women surfing that hadn't quite been done yet. I mean, there's been uh, really beautiful profile films of women surfing. and uh, But this is, this is the big one, man. This is the one where, you know, a, a 14-year-old girl watching a 17-year-old girl surfing going, okay, I've got three years to get there. Imagine what that's going to do for performance. And not to mention the... 28-year-old man watching the 16-year-old girl <laughs> surf and think, you know, I can maybe get there. Maybe. Maybe if I work hard, if I do my wave key, my yoga, my jujitsu, my meditation, maybe, just maybe I can rap one like Katie. That would be fucked up. That's cool, man. And Sierra Kerr in that list has got to be... There's, let's doff the cap to Sierra, man. So young, not even on tour yet. And already viewed amongst her peers, you know, this this list that Stab has put together, when you go through the people that they've asked for their opinions and to sort of jot down their top five and their clips and edit movie edits of the year, I mean, this is heavyweight peer cred, man. And Sierra Kerr on the back of probably her entire junior surfing career, but, you know, cherried with that full rotor at Lakey Peak in Stab High, fully getting the doff from everyone as the, uh, you know, a top five in the world female com- surfer right now, not just competitor. So that's a huge result for Sierra. Yeah, several of the lists I saw actually had Katie and Sierra up the top getting the, the maximum votes. Uh, but, I mean, and, and just to 
also acknowledge in Toasted, one of the craziest compilations, three-wave compilations in real time you'll ever see uh, involved a Sierra Kerr. I think it was a, a big frontside straighty or frontside grab punt straight into a – or was it Molly Picklum? Uh, it's Molly, it was, um, yeah. It was a, a big punt from Molly straight into a uh, – uh, kind of a, a full road air reverse into the flats that uh, Katie ate shit on, and then uh, Bella Kenworthy behind stomping another straighty. Like uh, that was three waves and three makes, pretty much. I mean, Katie's one, not exactly a make, but far out. She got the rotation, stuck mm. the landing, and, and just ate shit right on top of Molly. Um, so, yeah, I guess that's where women's surfing is going. Skitsy make rates, skits com- competition. And uh, just a full-blown leap in performance. Yeah, man. And Molly, unlucky not to make that top five. I mean, it, it's a sick top five, though. You can't argue with it. But probably there or thereabouts alongside uh, Moana Jones, who, you know, changed the game at Pipeline. But Molly just had a, an amazing year too, man. I, th- I would say turn of the year in that Margaret River comp, that fucking lacerating frontside, just full rail. Yeah! And then backed it up with a Pipe Masters win at the end of the season. So... Good year for Molly. What about the men in the stab? I was I was stinging to see how this was going to play out. Yeah, Philippe Toledo smashed it as well uh, on 110 votes. He took out. Wow, that's a huge men's category. distance between first and second. Massive. Yeah, John John in second on I think it was 58. Noah Dean in third on 56. Ethan Ewing in fourth on 47. And Griffin. In fifth on 45. So, uh, yeah, mm. your men's best performers of the year. Interesting, interesting. I guess uh, competitive success is still the metric by which a lot of our elite surfing community judge success. Yeah, that's surprised me that Philippe just got it by so far. But Noah Dean in third, man. Fucking oath, dude. That's like... That's another big doff, isn't it? From the from the world's best surfers, like through the CT right through to all the free surfers, big wave surfers. Uh, you can just thank Nosvid for that. It's it was movie of the year without doubt. I think it's uh it's sort of you know a little bit of distance uh, between sort of you know uh, all the releases and having a good think about it. And it, it was just such a mind melter. And Nos, you know, fuck man, he, he fully deserves that accolade. Like I feel like he's just. Definitely the most cutting-edge aerialist in the world, but he backs that up with just tube nous and orb wrangling that is just pretty much without par, especially in those boog slabs. And, um, yeah, I just – I don't know about you. I, I mean, I do know about you. You're, you're backing it all the way, and I think that's just such a well-earned accolade too. Yeah, absolutely. Interesting to note that John John came in second uh, despite spending most of his surfing year on a boat in Fiji. Still managed to come in second, <laughs> drinking Mai Tais with his feet up on a hammock, and uh, that's how good he is. I yeah. mean, he is that good, Vaughn. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe a surprising result there, in fact, uh, given the amount of time sp- – John spent out of the water in 2022. Not to see Noah above him with the Nosvid packing the Mondo Boog slab. Oh, don't know about that. Don't know what the mm. uh, surfing elite, what Kool-Aid they're sipping from, what caviar they're dipping into, what cocaine they're blowing up each other's cornholes. But uh, might be a bit of a disgrace there, Vaughn. <laughs> so hang on. Sorry. What happened there? I missed that one. Well, John's outvoted Noah. Uh, oh yes, second. yeah, yeah. No, that, that 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 is a disgrace. Sorry, I thought you said uh, uh, that Nosvid didn't get uh, movie of the year. Surely, like I can't think of anything that even came close to it. 
No, I mean, Noah's out there packing the, the, the death boog slabs while John's on a catamaran in Fiji sipping margaritas, and he still gets the nod from the elite. What kind of back-scratching <laughs> circle jerk is this? Uh, and, hey, big cred, mate. Huge doff here for Kale Walsh, WA Underground. Dropped a couple of mad clips last year, but did get the vote for... Uh, edit of the year, idiot box. So he got the double. He got the uh, the readers, the the viewers' choice, and the peer choice. Massive result for a kid who doesn't really uh, champion himself in the spotlight, does he? He just lets the surf and do the talking. And I thought he was uh, equally as impressive in in satin. So two big drops from Kale Walsh there, and well played, mate. Who well played? Well played. Number four. Plenty of swell apocalypse fallout to discuss. Vaughn, uh, Luke Shepherdson. Wins the Eddie Icow Invitational in the best conditions ever seen for an event, or at least since 1991, they're calling. And, uh, you know, we spoke to him, so you can crawl, scroll back a couple of episodes and listen to that chat. But what did you make of it, VD? I haven't had your take on the Eddie yet. Uh, no goat in the event either, which was a really mm. interesting omission. Uh, just wasn't feeling it on the day. And I back that uh, for one eye, for one back it. I mean, he's... I think that is the true sign of a master is knowing your limitations, knowing when you're not feeling it. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have an a appetite for, for necessarily that supersized big wave arena. We saw him at Cloudbreak, not surf. And again here uh, when faced with, with conditions that were – can you imagine – waking up and looking at that shit, how sick to the stomach you would have been. Oh, my mm. Lord. I would have just been spraying black juice all over the bowl like I just had a hit of the Cambo toad and I was just mm. purging. I would have been that freaked out. Are you kidding me? It would have been a full-blown just gut splurting yeah, purge yeah. It wouldn't. Scene. It wouldn't have been the uh, Shroud of John John. It would have been the Shroud of John John, Nathan and Ivan and probably Alex Florence as well. Just the full Florence tablecloth of, of heavenly stained apparitions <laughs> that's right just a, just a last supper with nothing but the florences in it spread across the bathroom walls Vaughn. i mean i would have been under the under the bed you would have been, been having to drag me out by my feet going smitty you gotta surf in the cop i was just been going no 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 oh mate i, I look i just I love I, i'm with you i love how the goat can just take off the silk robe on his way to the ring. He's sort of walking up there, got the mouth guard in, they're, they're playing his tune, he's doing the shadow boxing, then he just gets the ring, puts his mouth guard on the stool, pulls up a seat with, I don't know, Joe Rogan and Kanye West and maybe ex-flame Giselle and just goes full celebrity goat mode. Uh, he's got nothing to prove, man. He doesn't need to get out there in that water and fucking risk his life and, and i think there's an interview that we'll, we'll talk about in uh later in the show where you know he talks about being scared and and fearing injury and like why wouldn't you when you, you you're his age you're still getting fucking barreled out of your nana like you're seeing the inside of of waves that only a handful on earth a, a handful of surfs on earth can even experience um it, why would you risk that for you know paddling out on a day where Fuck the the risk of injury and death is is all too real. Um, maybe though, Smivy, he was still feeling the sting of Pammy's huge omission in her tell all uh, memoir. I mean, would you be would you be able to paddle out the bay if your you know famously 
girthy breadstick had been diminished on that level. It's such a good point. I mean, yeah, just knowing that your relationship with two of the greatest silicon norks uh, in planetary <laughs> history was nothing but a loveless trice. How does one get out of bed in the morning? I'm sure he was crippled with chronic fatigue for <laughs> yeah, days, mate, if not weeks that. after that revelation. Yeah. Is this all this meant to you? All the, all the care and... All the, you know, all the sweet nothings I whispered to those norks, and this is what I get. You can imagine. You can imagine yeah. how the relationship unfolded. Yeah. And, and for it to end in those terms with a, a tell-all memoir, what a disgrace. Yeah. Well, when you're getting up in the morning and you're walking over to your phone and your, your shoulders are slouched and you're putting on, you know, love song dedications and just sort of sitting there crying into your, into your perps, like, mate, it's, it's hard to drum up the energy needed for a big wave session like the Eddie. Absolutely. I can't help but wonder, though, having watched the Eddie unfold, having seen Ross Clark Jones and Mike Ho go ham out there and uh, fully send it, whether there was a little, I don't know, niggling thought in the back of his mind that maybe Kelly should have gone. Uh, you know, like mm. I, as much as, look, I, I don't think anyone in surfing should ever surf beyond what they believe their limits should be. I think that is when you enter the realm of kook. Even if you're the GOAT, you can, if you push it to a point that you're not comfortable with, uh, you have entered the realm of kook. Because at that point, not only are you putting other people in danger, um, you know, you're risking the lives of the water patrol who might have to come and save you. Um, you, you there's the other people in the lineup that you may inconvenience or injure. Uh, if you shouldn't be out there, you shouldn't be out there. And uh, if you are out there when you shouldn't yeah. be out there, you're a kook. So, uh, but. Yeah. And, and Goat goat knows better than most, man. I mean, he was in the water the day Donnie Solomon died, a, a friend of his. Uh, how many how many bodies has he seen pulled lifeless from water, uh, from heavy water especially, you know? Like uh, 2012 Fiji, he sat on the boat, he had a vest on, same scenario. He pulled it off. He, he didn't want a bar of it. And. Like, are you going to argue with a guy who knows the ocean like that? Like, what can you possibly say that doesn't make you look like a fool? Uh, yeah, man, I, I, th I back Kelly's call there. I, I think the, the contest itself, Smivy. Oh, have you got anything to add to that? I, I, I just think, you know, fuck. Well, I, You're not going to call out Kelly Slater for not paddling. No, and I'm not calling him out. I'm just wondering whether he's second-guessing his call on that day. Um, and and whether, what he was feeling watching Mike and Ross uh, and some guys who were, you know, 10 years plus his senior um, get bombs out there and whether he, you know, thought he, he may may have uh, made the wrong call there. But that, that's something that only he knows. But, you know, you can't question his courage. Like, frick, man, the guy obviously uh, is the reigning champion at the Pipe World Tour event in some of the heaviest conditions ever seen for a Pipe World Tour event. Uh, he's a mm. master at chopes. Like, you know, give him a skitsy slab that is as orbed out and cupped out as is planetary possible, and he's the man out there. So there's no second guessing. Yeah. His and he's an Eddie. That's right. He is an Eddie well, champion. Yeah. That's right. So, but man, the comp itself, uh, far out. I mean, fucking hell. It, it's the greatest big wave surf comp ever run, I, I think. I, I remember 91 being, 
really special for a few different reasons. I thought actually ninety was a fucking bell ringer. That was uh, the year Brock Little got uh, tubed out there and I may Tony be thinking Monies of ninety pulled into a fucking big mm. closeout. Oh, maybe that is 1991, Yeah, whichever year it was. That's that's the year they're comparing it to. But this was was way more fucking just pulsy and crazy for me. Uh, and, um, yeah, man, I just think, you know, a contest run by a backyard crew with just pure mana, you know, pure aloha, pure intention, and completely dominated and ruled by a bunch of just fucking heathens who just wanted it. I mean, it's a day of fucking bombs raining on Hawaii that is like Pearl Harbor. It'll live in infamy, but for the right reasons, Smitty. For the right reasons. That's right. Amazing. It's almost like this uh, kind of annual or, you know, even though the comps only run like once in the last eight years, but it's like this periodical self-sacrifice at the altar of the great Eddie Aikau. You know, he gave up his life to save others. And uh, in honour of his life and times, the world's best big wave surfers go out there and just bungee jump from the top of 40 footers. <laughs> It's like it's kind of surfing's version of those Papua New Guinean tribesmen that leap from that uh, the, those, mm. those rickety bamboo towers face first into the mud, isn't it, Vaughn? That's right. Yeah, the, it's it's an initiation, but you've got instead of you know uh, the young men being welcomed into communal life and, and uh, life not being about them anymore, and they've got to contribute to the village, and this is a, a step into a, a bigger world. You've just got Ross Clark Jones with his monobrow just headbutting the limestone and coming in laughing. That's it. I mean, instead of cutting your foreskin off of a blunt rock, you're out there <laughs> trying to sit on the deepest boil at Waimea and get under one and uh, pack one just for the crew. Trying to pack oh. a shorey just for the crowd. There's so much selflessness and uh, theatre to the event. That's what I love the most about it. It's mm. pure theatre. You know, these huge cartoonish drops. Then guys are milking it to the inside. Uh, Luca Chianka doing a kind of that redirect and then trying to float the boat on a 10-4, uh, you know, on a fucking 10-foot double-up shorey. Like, you know, they're doing it for the crowd. Uh, they're revving everyone up. They're doing it for Eddie and Clyde and the Icow clan. It's such a, such a spectacle, man. You know, no other sport has anything remotely like the Eddie that I'm aware of. You know, it's, a, as you said, a backyard run, uh, you know, just pure mana event. It's all about putting on a show and honouring the legacy of one of the Oceanic World's all-time greats. And I fucking loved every second of it. What a performance uh, by Luke Shepardson. It couldn't have been more cosmic, more in the lineage of Eddie Oh, man, it just got me got me going, Vaughn. Got me revved right up. Uh, had to go hit the heavy bag. Had to go headbutt a few uh, planks of wood. Had to go rip a couple of bowls worth of Puckalolo blend and uh, just, just wash off some of that mana because I was flared up. And, uh, and, then I just went, and then I just went to bed and just fucking flogged myself, just abused myself. <laughs> five out of five gold cone pieces for the Eddie. Best big wave comp of all time. And it will be far out. I mean, you don't want to jinx yourself, but it feels like it's going to be a while before we see another day like that. Although, mate, jeez, I'll tell you what, Jaws, uh, there, were, there, there were other reefs that day that were fucking flaring as well. All the same swell, I should say, at least. Number three. Correct, Mundo Vaughan. Same day, same island, different reef, 
the Swellian Queen, <laughs> Laura Enova paddles what many are calling the biggest wave ever paddled by a woman. And uh, yeah, it, it was at an outer reef, not too far from Waimea. Laura was the, the second alternate in the comp, in the eddy, and she waited around until all the, the women had showed up. And then she was like, uh, she jumped in that convertible with Flick. Uh, they stuffed their rhino chasers out the back of it, cranked Madonna and just punched it through the pineapple fields and paddled about 50Ks out to sea where she got an absolute bomb that many in the pro surfing elite are saying is the biggest wave ever paddled by a woman. Uh, and it's just a crazy one. I mean, we've seen some crazy waves paddled out there. John, John Florence obviously uh, packed like, it was kind of reminiscent of, of that big day at Cloud Break, the one he packed out there. Mm. Uh, and, and this wave, it goes top to bottom. We're talking 20-foot pits. Um, this one that Laura gets, not fully top to bottom coning, but you know, it's giant and it's steep. And while it doesn't fully pit, it kind of does throw behind her, uh, for a second before she eventually gets mowed down. But, uh, this is what she had to say about it. Dropping in, then looking back up at this beauty slash mountain is something I won't forget. Scary emoji. Everything was in slow-mo. That's the scream yeah, emoji. That's the scream emoji, yeah. That's a Chagall painting. That's how in the, the <laughs> moment she was just thinking of Renaissance paintings as she was dropping yeah, this 20-footer. Edvard Munch in full fear mode. That's right. Uh, everything was in slow-mo. Smiley, happy, laughy face. Uh, a bit out of con- <laughs> yeah. She's all over bit, the shop. I don't know. A bit out of context. I think she's had a, her, her cage rattled by that wipeout. But anyway, we'll uh, move on. Uh, this is what she had to say. I'm so in awe of the ocean, Mother Nature, and these powerful islands. Bruh, that's author's note. I didn't think anyone <laughs> shot the whole wave, so it was special to see. So it was special to see. Excited to get more comfortable on my boards and try take a different line next time. A different line, Vaughn. What's she thinking? What's she cooking up? The Narabina. Uh, yeah, she, in behind the peak and just that's it. backdoor that, one of those things. Just, John! John! <laughs> hey! 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 <laughs> Yeah, in behind John John, in behind Zeke Lau, in behind all the big wave Daves and just screaming and giving them the Narrabeen whistle. Ali Wright's like... That's it. That's it. And, uh, you know, the, probably the biggest wave ridden by a North Narrabeena than uh, Sean Woolno, the local lifeguard there at the Ulu Bommy. Jeez, uh, it must have been 15, 20 years ago now, but that thing oh, was yeah. 20 foot too, if memory serves well, me correctly. He's done a few stints as a, a Fiji lifeguard as well, Smivy. So I think Woolno would have copped a few uh, third ledge sessions with Roseman or uh, one of the other crew, just, you know, un, unfilmed, unseen, just doing it for the core lords for sure. But, yeah, this is, this is oh, I don't know. Where do you even start with Laura, dude? Like, I mean, she, she's the swelling queen. We know that. But you stand next to her. And it's like someone has made a novelty human from like three or four toothpicks. She just, if she stands sideways, she's almost invisible. And yet, somehow she summons the muscle and just the pure fucking desire to scratch into these things on like a, you know, a 10-4 or some fucking thing. Like, she must need like nine people to carry that board down the beach for her. And then like, where does the paddle power come from, Smith? Like, where is it? Like, what's it... The physics of it don't make sense to me. Yeah, I loved her strategy on the day. She was talking about just trying to avoid the ones that were 20-foot top-to-bottom pits 
and the first thing that stood up and looked like it wasn't going to fully ledge and cone like chopes, uh, she went. And her technique was perfect. You know, she got in early enough, grabbed rail off the drop despite it not tubing, just for a bit of extra stability. And then once she got to the bottom, let go and uh, just took in the sight and, uh, you know, eventually got mowed by the foam. But what a drop. The Mate, can you imagine looking down something that big? Like what that stretched out takeoff would have looked like? Mm. Are you serious? I mean, that's the moment of truth, really. It's just, it's all about the dropping waves like that. And she knifed it perfectly. Uh, but I mean, I was a little bit disappointed by this spawn. Listening to the broadcast, uh, you know, Laura's one of the commentators now. And, and Ross Williams, you know, he goes, oh, he said something along the lines of, yeah, it was a great wave, you know, just one of the best ever ridden by a woman, a 20-foot Hawaiian. Uh, and I was just thinking, 20 foot? Come on, Williams! 20 foot! Was he, like, <laughs> squinting when he was looking at yeah. it? I mean, was he, was he looking at the wave through some uh, 18th century geometrical set square? I mean, well, where's he coming up? Give it the extra 5 foot, 25 at least. Come on, bump it up, Williams. Mm, I mean, fair go. Mm. I mean, what, like, all, all this Hawaiian-sized business... I mean, what's the go of it, Vaughn? Does, does it apply oh, to everything? Does it, you know, if you go down like, the shops and get a litre of milk, is it in Hawaiian size? If you go to, if you go to look at a plot of land, do you get there and go, hey, hey I thought this land was uh, 500 square metres. And, uh, the, and the, the real estate agent's like, oh, no, no, Hawaiian size, bruh, Hawaiian. <laughs> what do you fucking mean, mate? What do you mean? Oh, it's a can of worms, Smithy. You've, you've really opened it up. It's been a long, long time since we've had the discussion between you know, uh, how to measure waves. And it's basically like the, the given rule in Australia, at least, is six foot is, you're starting to get scared. Like you're starting to feel a bit of adrenaline, you know. Anything up to six foot is four to f- three to four foot is just fun. Six to eight foot, you're kind of shitting yourself. And then anything bigger than that, and you're, you're talking about your big wave days. But people don't want to be too generous once they start going north of, of six to eight foot, eh? Like they just want to, it's like they just zip up the purse and um, and just say, nah, nah. They just get stingy with it. And Ross Williams, mate, fucking hell, remind me not to go out with din- to dinner with him. You know who's going to oh. be forking the bill. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, Hawaiian-size tipping. I mean, well, uh, I guess a Hawaiian yeah, – what is a Hawaiian-size tip? Is it under or is it over? I mean, where's the algebraic equation that dictates <laughs> the Hawaiian size? I want to see this plotted out. You'd have to be some kind of – Stephen Hawking's mathematical rain man to even make any sense of any of the, hey, the metrics let, used to measure surf waves, Vaughn. It's, it's bamboozling stuff. Let's put it out to the Swellians. We want a, uh, a graph. If, if someone out there is a bit of a, a beautiful mind and can sort of see the numbers raining down in their field of vision and can come up with some sort of uh, graph that perfectly illustrates the difference between the way that the rest of the world measures waves compared to Hawaiian size, I would like to see that, Smitty. Yes, Vaughn, and uh, as Swell Apocalypse raged in the islands, bruh, it was absolutely shocking to see none other than Billy Kemper, who not only surfed the eddy with a busted knee and a busted chops, but he's out of jaws a couple days later on another Swell in the knee brace, getting blown out of one. I mean, what is this guy on? Like, seriously, what is it? Sonoran desert toad, uh, endangered panda scrotums. Has he been scoffing pangolins from the Wuhan wet market? I mean, where's he getting mm. his mana from? Because I want some. Send some to Smithy. Just, uh, just don't address it to Smithy. Maybe address it to Vaughn. Yeah, address it yeah, to yeah. I think, I think he's on the lead super smoothies, washed down with a good old fashioned schooner of hard the fuck up. Because uh, 
I just predict by the time he's 40, mate, he'll be kind of like a, just a, a plastic bag full of fluid and splintered bones, sort of uh, stitched together with... A, 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 it'll look like Frankenstein. Nuts and bolts, stitches holding him together, Albie Leia and Shane Dorian clamping jumper leads onto his nipples and kick-starting him every morning off the uh, outboard motor from Derek Doriner's old toe-in rubber ducky, and he'll still be getting coned at Piahi, mate. So, yeah, I, I don't know how he does it, how he just keeps on getting up and... And paddling out, but fuck, he is just committed. Nothing stops him. Oh, isn't he? What? I mean, yeah. And talking about that that breakfast concoction he's on, I tried it. I tried one of Laird's turmeric lattes and a, a schooner of hard the fuck up, and it gave me the worst indigestion of my life. <laughs> I was keel over, clasping my guts, spraying the bowl, <laughs> double-ended like a human eclair. Just, oh, man, it was a nightmare, so... I mean, I guess you need a, a special kind of intestinal fortitude to handle whatever's going in the gullet and whatever's going in the pineal gland of Billy Kemp because he's cut from a different cloth to the two-time Gold Cone Peace Award winner, let me tell you. Number two. Still more swell apocalypse fallout, Vaughn. Mm. Kalar Grace, the pipe specialist who nearly lost his life out there. He's taken to Instagram to ponder whether he will ever surf out there again. And uh, this is something we kind of touched on in our chat with uh, Mason and Maiko recently. When is enough enough at surfing's Mount Everest? I'll just read what he had to say here. This is what he had to say, Vaughn. Is Pipeline worth it? I don't know. Will I ever paddle back out there? I have no idea. Right now, I just want to get back to my normal self. Thank you so much to everyone involved in my recovery. There are too many to name, especially Tady, my mum and Billy. Don't know what I would do without you guys. Interesting. So, uh, unsurprising though. You know, this guy, I don't think people necessarily are aware of what he's going through to put himself back together like Humpty Dumpty. Uh, mm. You know, he's, he's fully getting the crazy brain scan, uh, brain rehabilitation methods, which are expensive. I've been down that road. Uh, he's, he's got like some trippy spinal alignment. Uh, stuff he's having to do, like he got flogged to within not an inch of his life, Vaughn, millimeters of his mm. life, and it is a long road back. And you've really got to be guessing, uh, you know, or second guessing yourself in, in waves like that ever again, knowing what it put everyone else around you through. And I think that is the that's kind of the, the element that is often overlooked by the he man and the hell men and the hell women out there is, you know, when you get fucked up, when you get injured. Uh, if you die or if you're, you know, uh, permanently maimed for life, mm. it puts a lot of pressure on your family and loved ones. You, you put them through a lot. And, and in that respect, it is selfish. And we, I think everyone knows it's selfish in the back of their minds. And, and a lot of people who surf do acknowledge that it is selfish. But it's really not until um, serious injuries happen do you realize the, the, the true reality of what selfishness means in that respect. I mean, far out. Like, uh, you know, having to care for a loved one for the rest of their days. Uh, it, it, look, it, it, some people are built for that. Most people are built for that deep down. But it, it is, you know, it is something that you're putting other people through. So it's something to be conscious of. Mm. That's one element to it. Uh, I don't know exactly his logic or what's underpinning the, the uh, kind of air of mystery around whether he'll go back or not, mate. Doesn't I don't couldn't care any less what he does. I, I I just want him to be happy and on the mend. And I know mm. that from serious head injuries and brain injuries, what we've now learned is that 
Uh, you have to take it easy for a while after. You know, there's uh, probably at least three to six months where, you know, if it's if it's one of that nature where you, know, you had to be resuscitated and revived and there's water in the body and, yeah, the inflammation to the brain and, and, and the major organs, like, you really need to take it easy for a good amount of time. And that's not easy because, you know, the waves are going to be pumping. He's going to want to be out there. Uh, but, uh, man, it, it's a long road back. Yeah, man. Yeah. I, all I can say is that the PTSD is, it's a slow burner too. Like you, you might in your mind feel like you're on top of things and, and feel like you can get back to normal straight away, but it's not until you're actually standing on the sand with a board under your arm that it'll all start flooding back in, you know what I mean? And, th- and that's the real test. And I, I think that Anyone who's had a major injury can relate to that. I mean, even um, talking to Ronnie about, you know, after he snapped his pin at Kira, like he just, he, he approached barrel sections after that with just terror. He, he just had no confidence, sort of, and it took a long, a lot of surfing, um, you know, almost two years now since that injury. And uh, it took a lot of surfing for him to even feel slightly comfortable getting near barrels, you know, so... Think about that when you're Hawaiian, you've got the pipe season flaring up, all your mates going back out there. Uh, it's it's not going to feel like you're just chomping at the bit to, to get a piece of it. I, I wouldn't imagine. No, that's right. Number one. As mentioned at the top of the program, Born the World Tour has kicked off at the Billabong Pro Pipeline, but the tap has been well and truly turned off. And, uh, yeah, uh, not the best... Conditions, although there is a silver lining for the Aussie Onion, Vaughan. The uh, East Coast low of Australian surfing is spinning, and there was plenty of good signs there uh, in the opening rounds for the men, at least. Not one of the men ending up in the elimination round. Uh, and every heat I watched with an Australian in it, there was just an unmistakable intensity, uh, a kind of a Fanning-esque level of focus and intensity, and just very intelligent heats surfed across the board uh yeah i think that this is the hallmark of this new generation of australian surfers as we've mentioned ad nauseum on this program born plenty of grit plenty of preparation and uh you know just not asking or giving any favors they're out there to compete and uh yeah the intensity was unmistakable especially when compared to some of the other performances in that opening round where surfers seem to be going out into the lineup just with a, with a poor strategy, you know, sitting for too long with priority, hoping that Pipeline was going to do work for them, do the work for them. Uh, but the Australian surfers, they were out there manufacturing scores out of nothing, finding weird little pits and uh, big turns on critical, cupped-out, dry sections. Lots to like there, Vaughan, across mm. the board. Conor O'Leary, Ryan Cowan. Good to see Liam O'Brien squeak through his opening round heat behind Ethan Ewing, but in front of Chloe Andino. Callum Robson, the list goes on. They all performed very well. Um, but still some controversy, Vaughn. Mm. You don't have to look far with the wazzle to find some controversy. The Apple Watches, they don't work, Vaughn. At oh, least no. Leo Fioravanti's didn't. And, uh, I mean, this this is quite remarkable. Like, this is a scandal, Vaughn, because, you know, I don't know what's going on here, but my inner ear was bleeding after the amount of shameless plugging of the Apple Watches during the broadcast but it appears uh, they forgot to double-check whether they all had batteries in them. Um, Or perhaps it was just another case of classical 
Apple planned obsolescence where Leo's watch had already been rendered obsolete by a software update by the time he got out the back. Classic oh. jobs. Fucking worm food, that cunt. What a dog. But uh, <laughs> this is what Leo had to say about the fracas involving the Wazzle's new techno gadgetry. I just want to say our freaking watches weren't working and that's pretty heavy. Like, my watch wasn't working. I mean, nothing to take away from Apple or the WSL. What they're doing is great. Doesn't sound like it, Leo. Mm. Uh, anyway, they're trying to bring in some technology to our world. But if my watch doesn't work from start to finish and I've got to ask for time, I've been used to having the time on me at all times in heats. We're fighting for our careers. Speak for yourself there, Leo. But <laughs> So I hope they figure it out because my watch didn't work from start to finish and that's pretty heavy. Oh, I mean, how about that, Vaughn? Mate. Talk about controversy. Dropping a we're fighting for our careers in the first heat of the first round. I mean, regardless of the uh, reason, that is, that's a new record, Smithy, for sure. <laughs> yeah, you don't usually I mean, cop those a, ones until the cut. Somewhat of a, a self-fulfilling prophecy, perhaps. He's, uh, you can t- see where his head is at. And, jeez, uh, I tell you, from that performance, he was one of those surfers uh, who really just looked out of sorts strategy-wise, got, let the occasion get to him in a big way up against John and Medina in that first. He just sat for an age of priority, uh, barely caught away. I don't think you can blame that on the Apple Watch, Vaughn. Mm. No, 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 you can't. Yeah, I mean, far. it's a bad look when you, 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 you're kicking off your year whinging about surfing for your career. I've, fuck, I'm almost ready to just scratch Leo out of this year already and just can't see him making the cut if, he's, if his attitude is, is to make excuses and start blaming people. I mean, yeah, okay, the mandate is there. You've got to wear the watch. Put another watch on your other hand if you don't trust in the technology. Have several watches on your arm. Have a couple around your neck, like Flavor Flav from Public Enemy. Yeah, put Enemy. a little pocket have watch in your, in your body's pocket and pull it out. Flip it out. There's the time. Uh, yeah, exactly. Time, tide, swell, pineal, pineal at full throb, spirit <laughs> molecule at full vibration, set coming, I'm into this thing. <laughs> I mean, uh, there's a lack of preparation, clearly, and uh, he's blaming the, the Apple Watch, but nevertheless, I mean, what a bungle, Vaughn. Oh, it's, it's a Event few- one. Here opening they are, round. Trying to unveil this new technology, this game changing, revolutionary, you know, uh, stat providing information, and it just shits itself just like every Apple product in the first three seconds. Mate, absolutely. I reckon, yeah, I reckon what's happened here, Smithy, is he, whatever contract uh, Leo had with Apple. It must have run out about two, 20 minutes before his heat. What's that called? You, you've done stories on it, haven't you? Planned obsolescence. Isn't that that's what it's called? Like Planned obsolescence, yeah. Well, that's exactly right. And I'm pretty sure by the time he got out the back, he, he turned it on and it said software update required. <laughs> and then he went to he went to log into the Wi-Fi and he, the Wi-Fi password was on his fridge and he realised he was fucked. And he's uh, asking Gabby for the Wi-Fi password and Gabby's like, mate, Welcome to the world tour, Carl. I'm not giving you the Wi-Fi password. And uh, yeah, <laughs> it just so all went downhill from there. Just wrapped him up in an absolute miasma of heat strategy and bungled technological shit shows. And he just couldn't come back from there. And uh, yeah, you, you know, you saw that in his performance. It was mm. written all over it. There was something amiss there. And I guess, uh, look, maybe he was right to blame this technological uh, stuff up for not being able to overcome uh, a, a combined total of what is it six mm. world titles and a thousand pipe masters or one pipe master two pipe masters three pipe masters. anyway uh, yeah you know look for sure that's what it was the fucking Apple Watch yeah. for sure yeah. guaranteed well what did you make of uh, of Medina's return to competition mate did he did he set you on fire did you start to feel the the bubbling. 
the great champion, the great competitive wizard starting to get his cauldron bubbling. I did, Vaughn. I thought it was a consummate performance in round one, getting the nod over John uh, in a wave that's literally a nine-iron backspin lob from his front yard. Mm. I mean, like, crazy stuff. Crazy stuff, really. I mean, look, the conditions... Yeah, they were marginal, but just in terms of firing the first shot across the bow of this uh, Seacock battling captain, I mean, he felt the spray. He felt the spray from Medina's Seacock, let's mm. put it that way. And mm. uh, it was it was a, a consummate victory, that, that long backdoor mini pipe he got. Sick uh, pit, serious, like, serious technical tube riding on show there, and just an expertly surfed heat. Um, you know, a lot of respect between the two, John and Medina. But uh, Gabby getting the nod there, I don't think that can be underestimated in terms of well, what that means for, for Gabby's confidence. I don't think John will be too bothered by it. But uh, Medina, after the big layoff, coming back uh, from a serious knee injury, first heat at Pipeline against John, and he gets the win. I mean, that's huge. Shot fired. Shot fired. Seacock engaged. Spray imminent. Uh, on some other notes, quickly, Vaughn. Uh, from the men's goat squeaked through after trying to milk an interference on the perennial world tour punching bag, our man Kayo. But uh, yeah, Kayo's still good enough to get the win. Goat in second. And Rio Wider gets Indonesia's first CT heat win. Mm. Uh, he was been on the road for four months, but you know, has not wearied him one bit. Looking very sharp. What a moment. What a moment for Indonesian surfing. Straight into the thick of it. Straight into a world to a heat win. Didn't waste any time. Uh, yeah. Fucking Sangat Bagus Taman. Mm, great to see Rio there. And could be a little uh, smoky in this one, I reckon. Uh, the, the, from what uh, Lobby was telling us about sort of the conditions and what we've seen in this first day. I mean, it, it, it takes it out of that sort of pipe specialist realm clearly and and throws it back to the dogs and the, the dogs are chomping at the bit man like the the, the lower pecking order of this tour is not going to let an opportunity like this slide by and, and this is going to fit into rio's uh you know wheelhouse smithy like if you think about it just sort of like the odd little pocket and maybe uh, an opportunity to bust a bit of tail and he's going to feel pretty confident out there Great Yvonne Chouinard, Chouinard, Chard, Hazard, Shardy, Shardy, Shardy Party. He's taken to the airwaves on the Surfers Journal podcast uh, with Jamie Brissick. And what an interview it is, Vaughn. I mean, uh, just incredible to, to get to know his story a bit deeper and from the man himself, spoken like the core lord, perennial outdoorsman he is, uh, the son of an alcoholic. A high school graduate with naught but a mechanic qualification and a whole lot of DIY get up and go. And uh, yet he is arguably the most influential man in American business and culture right now. Uh, I mean, I guess it's it's Chouinard versus Bezos in a death match for the ages. The, the capitalist swine on one end of the spectrum uh, getting busted for sending sus dick pics around the interwebs. And then we've got this uh, core lord mechanic, trout fisherman, surfer, rock climber who's just shrouded himself in dignity and grace and uh, just, you know, core lord minimalistic living. 
the two uh, kind of beacons of American business pride right there. Uh, and yeah, just an incredible podcast. I mean, it really harked back to a lot of our messages from swellness and from the years we've been broadcasting, uh, just in the, in the sense of, you know, he wants fucking nothing to do with capitalism, money, or any other kind of material horseshit. Just give him a cliff to climb, a wave to surf, a trout to catch, and presumably a couple of hot ones to rip, and he's as happy as a coked-up Jeffrey Epstein in a preteen orgy. Happier even, born, Happier even. What a man. Yeah, it was uh, It was pretty amazing. We, we spoke to Sean O earlier in the year, uh, Sean Doherty being, you know, uh, a guy who's done a lot of work with Patagonia and, and is close to and has, has done a lot of stuff with Shenard or the Shardy Party, as we call him now, and um, it was just... Fuck, man, it just sort of reinstates your faith in humanity a bit when you can see that someone who has had that level of success actually gives a fuck. Like, I mean, uh, oh, about about something other than themselves and fucking sending sus photos of their bits around Smithy. So, yeah, man, I haven't actually had a listen to this one. I've been uh, stinging to get on, but uh, Brissick's, you know, he's a fucking top-of-the-line surf journo, what, 48 golden cone pieces, so... Yeah, I, I have no doubt that's going to be a ripper. But what were your sort of takeaways, mate? Well, just this very obvious notion, seemingly obvious, uh, given we live on a world uh, or a planet of finite resources of, you know, when you make shit, make it fucking well. Make it quality. Uh, offer lifetime warranties. And, you know, just kind of breaking this consumerist trend. Uh, and at the end of it all, Vaughn, just saying, you know, Fuck this. Yeah, yeah, I've made a sick company. Yeah, it's worth fucking millions and billions of dollars. But uh, do what you want with the fucking thing. I've had a gut full. I'm going surfing in South America. See you in six months. Mm. That was yeah. uh, basically and the And does mantra. he have his Apple Watch on, mate? Do we know if he's got his Apple Watch on when he goes surfing? Uh, I don't think he has his Apple Watch on. I, I, no, I don't think so. I don't think he even knows what day of the week it is, what month it is. He's just out there living by the stars and the lunar eclipses and just living this kind of completely natural life. And you, you can tell just by listening to the man that, you know, that is how to live. Like You listen to him talk, the eloquence, the energy, uh, the wisdom of a guy in his mid-80s. He, he sounds like he's in better nick than half the cunts I know in their mid-20s. <laughs> oh, he would be. So, yeah, if you want a, a rocket fare up yeah, go listen to that. Uh, one small issue, though, Vaughn, this soundbite. Climbing, I, I focused on... Cra- um Crack climbing for a while. Yeah, I really enjoy crack climbing, Vaughn. It caught me off guard. I mean, I've often found myself mm. wondering about the, the longevity of the man and the boundless energy he seems to have. But, yeah, I, I guess that's your answer. Crack climbing. He's, uh, mm. he's all over those secret, boiled-down Colombian rocks. It seems to be his... Oh, I thought you were talking about a different kind of crack climbing. I, I, I thought you were... Talking about the equivalent to crack diving, which is uh, something you experienced on your last trip to South Australia when your uh, your crevice was widened by about three or four inches by a chunk of rock. Uh, likewise, Tom Carroll's crack punching episode in Japan. Ah, yeah. The one where the nose of his boards punctured a new hole in his crack, forcing him to uh, sit on a blow-up donut on the flight back from Japan, uh, which was promptly consumed by Al Hunt mid-flight when Tom got up to go to the bathroom, mm. Al confusing it for a... An actual donut. Uh, but, yeah, I, I, I've got my cracks confused here, Smithy. But, I mean, surely any kind of 
crack mixed with the outdoor, great outdoors and exercise can't be. It has to go against the essence of our whole or a holistic alternative way of life. Sure. Well, I mean, the proof's in the pudding. Look what he's accomplished for. And if, if that's what it takes you to get there, a bit of crack climbing, uh, you know, more power to the man. Who knows? Who knows? But listen to the podcast and over. find out. There's a massive over for the shardy party. Huge over. Vaughn, have we given De Goat his dues? Have, like, have we really given him his dues? I mean, uh, I watched mm. episode five of Stab's mental series, How Surfers Got Paid. And it zeroed in on Kelly's relationship with Quicksilver. He's falling out with the brand. But more interestingly, the beginning of his own brand, Out Unknown. And a very a straight line between Out Unknown and Patagonia. Uh, yeah, both in the sense that they make this unapologetic commitment to sustainable fashion. You know, shit that's made well, made to last, and not made by some four-year-old in a Bangladesh sweatshop. Um, yeah, the GOAT, just a, a true thought leader, a throw ahead of mankind, as the great acid freak Timothy Leary said of us surfing Kane. Uh, I just thought, yeah, and, and even the, the team he surfed in at the backdoor shootout, what were they called? Like a We Are the Earth or some kind of really Earth uh, environmental centric company or, or mm. team, whatever they want to call it. But yeah, he, he really is underrated for his commitment to the earth and, and a, a, a spiritual kind of connection to people and the earth and pushing that barrier in life. Because as we know, Vaughn, the greatest of all time, that is a tag that is generally associated with the great Muhammad Ali. And mm. for very much those reasons, Muhammad Ali, he's not just the greatest of all time because of his boxing record. It was because of the incredible stands he took, not just for black people, but for white people, for working class people, I mean, this was a guy who refused mm. to go to war, uh, and he fully legitimized the anti-war movement single-handedly, uh, you know, and just refused to straight up go and fight some stupid war over tin and tungsten resources for America's automotive industry. That's what it was about. Millions died. Uh, history mm. looked upon him kindly, which is the great measure of a great man. And I think the GOAT, similarly, will be looked upon by history as a great man, a thought leader, a genuine progressive with the interests of all humankind in mind. And out and known is the, uh, I guess, the, the birth of that or the, uh, you know, the product from that lineage of thinking. To be the greatest, you've got to go through a period of, of basically being hated. Like you, you've got to come through adversity, not just uh, a personal journey, but like adversity in the sense of the whole world turning on you. And I think this kind of feeds into this stat that you sent me earlier about like what Quicksilver offered him um, after he'd won 11 world titles compared to what they offered Dane Reynolds. Yeah, insane. I mean, so bizarre. Uh, and one of the funniest parts of that show, uh, Stab's uh, What Surfers Get Paid, yeah, Quick offered him a $600,000 contract after he'd won 11 world titles while offering Dane $3.4 million. I mean, not so much uh, a slap in the face as much of a, a cup of post-bender battery acid piss in the face, Vaughn. I mean, are you kidding me? <laughs> I remember, Smithy, I got paid $10 and a free pizza for delivering, for, I don't know, 2,000 pamphlets for a whole week on my pushy around ocean shores. And that's a fuck ton of hills, Smithy. That's a lot of afternoons that I could have been in the water Sweating me peace out, riding up hills around ocean shores, putting pamphlets into letterboxes for 10 measly bucks. And uh, fucking Kelly's been stitched up even more than I did. 
even more than I was, yeah. mate. But yeah, I don't know who was pulling the purse strings at Quicksilver around this time, but I've got a feeling it must have been around peak uncool goat time. Like, uh, you know, goat was uh, and is now the most beloved surfer ever, without question. Like, but you can't stay cool forever. And, um, you know, after the Andy and Dane battles and uh, just the constant winning and, and being at the top, Goat must have just seemed like a cold, inhuman robot at times. Uh, that win-at-all-cost mentality against sort of the emotional or the disinterested sort of attitudes and personalities of Dane and Andy had just sort of rendered him a bit uncool. But ironically, man... Yeah. This is when he was fully in his letting go phase. Like he was starting to explore his spirituality. He was starting to take an interest in sort of, you know, the, way, the, the, the methods and the construction of the surf industry and how it worked and who was getting stitched and all that sort of stuff. And like, fuck, man, it's, it's a death knell to marketing departments when someone starts going on that journey. So they don't want like fucking people who are uh, basically out there beating the activism drum. I mean, Rasta's probably the only person who's actually benefited from taking that route in a professional sense. I mean, what they want is people going, where's my box of shit? Where's me stickers? And fucking I'll whack it on me board and I'll go out and fucking shred it for you. So yeah, you're right, Smithy. You can't give the goat enough juice and we, we need to beat the goat drum. So uh, yeah, get the goat, make a little drum out of his pelt and start flogging it. So what you're saying, Bourne, is, uh, uh, just to paraphrase, after experiencing the financial emancipation of being a successful professional surfer with Quicksilver, after experiencing the, you know, undignified poverty of being the son of a bait-and-tackle shop owner from Cocoa Beach, Florida, <laughs> Slater's gotten a bit uppity, and he said, yeah, yeah, hey, boys, uh, how about we don't scream Diddy Mao at our four-year-old... Uh, wallet manufacturers in the Bangladesh sweatshop. Why don't we uh, instead uh, make clothes and fashion ethic ethically and long lasting? And they said, "Yeah, well, that's fine, but uh, you can wreak the financial consequences of that ethical decision." And here's your contract, mate. As you can see, it's been uh, reduced by about seven million, uh, and that's about how much you're going to get paid if you want to make ethical clothing and fashion. And uh, the goat said, well, yeah, fucking oath, fucking oath, bruh, fucking oath. I'll cop that on the chin. I'll fuck off and make me own fucking shit then, you dog, eh? <laughs> fuck you! And so off he went, and uh, that's how it went down. Financial uh. emancipation. And, and as you also pointed out, Vaughn, I mean, the greatest, they go through this period where the world hates them, and that is because the world is very much under the influence of the bourgeois media elite kitty fucking reptiles who as soon as you take a moral or ethical stance they'll fucking tear you down they'll mm -hmm. come at you with knives in the back with all kinds of uh you know just unsubstantiated rumors about loveless trysts with silicon induced supermodels and you know it, 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 it never stops like you, you can't you gotta sleep with one eye open uh, when you when you take that stand, I mean, j just be glad that the goat didn't go the way of Malcolm X or Martin Luther King or JFK and cop a fucking cold hard piece of American made lead in the back of the scone. Mm, yeah, I think that's a fair paraphrase, Smithy. Well, well said. Well said. <laughs>
a massive over in general to the oh, goat. Huge, um, go- huge over. Another over. Love the goat. I'm not tallying up the overs that he's gotten on this show, but I, I think we've paid him his dues right now. I think it's even, ledged, cleared, debt cleared, karmic debt cleared. We can move on. And he's the Swellian Prince too. Gosh, he puts in a huge effort for the Swellians. He fucking loves our audience. He, he said it as much. He's uh, The two shows that he's done live with us, Smithy, he stood there at the end of the show bantering, chatting, posing for photos until the very last Swellian has spat beer all over his face and asked for a selfie and fucking told him about some drop-in that he fucking pulled at Green Mountain 92 and fucking he just cops it all he and he loves, loves it. it. Up the goat. <coughs> but Vaughn, we're not done yet giving the goat his dues uh, and, and perhaps maybe we won't. Uh, still on Goat Watch, he's laid it all out in an interview with the fucking hardcore surfing publication, one of the great underground surfing publications and just like media publications in general, Forbes magazine, Vaughn Forbes. Oh, God. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, at least I, I think this is what he had to say. I, I, I'm, I might or, or they might have got the transcript mixed up with In God's Hands, but uh, this is what he had to say. And I'll just cue uh, a kind of Matt George, schmaltzy, uh, ephemeral accent and music sometimes i think about how we don't know if we have life beyond this life this one chance so you should do all the things you can possibly do to achieve as much as you can now question mark and then he also goes on to muse on the existential threat of packing cones of mortal coniquence i'm afraid of drowning and of getting a really bad injury on a shallow water reef riding a wave. Both realistic dangers. I'm, I'm probably becoming more philosophical as I get older, choosing my battles a bit differently. But uh, Vaughn, he's not done there. He then goes on to sink the boot into the world's biggest mush burger and all those weird landlocked Nordics who've dedicated their life to it. <coughs> um, I don't know anyone... I don't know that anyone has done it yet, he says of the 100-foot wave. The problem is not riding the wave. It's finding one that's 100 feet. Nazare, those are giant waves, but I don't necessarily view them as great. So he's had a, a few pearls <laughs> of wisdom there, Vaughn, to, uh, to shed onto our chests. And uh, I don't know what you make of that three-pronged pearl necklace, but uh, yeah, a- any musings of your own? Ah, I just, you know, the goat is just in a place for me, Smithy, where if if the lips are moving, I'm leaning forward. I I just love uh, anything that he contributes to, uh, the comment boards, the media sphere, just just musings in general, mate. I I think that uh, we're all better off for having it. The goat spends a lot of time thinking about stuff, a lot of time on his phone absorbing, uh, you know, uh, wormholes, wormhole info and... Yeah, I'm always curious to hear what it, what he has to say about stuff. So keep it coming. I just don't want him to retire because a media commentator just seems a bit too undignified for our gate, mate. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I think this one really stuck with me. Do all of the things you can possibly do to achieve as much as you can now, Vaughn. Achieve as much as you can. Leave no stone unturned in the quest to achieve. To achieve to achieve, Vaughn. Mm. Uh, I mean, what are your goals uh, in life? Are you doing what you can to achieve oh, greatness of, of the kind of duh goat? 
What a great question, man. I was just thinking about this the other day. What can I start doing to make the best version of me that I can that I can summon? The answer is not much, man. I, I haven't really been thinking about it. I've just been in a, a bit of a healing process, so I've been doing, uh, you know, all the things that we normally talk about, just trying to get the stretching going in the morning and just get to a place of, of feeling good in the body, in the mind, in the moment. And uh, that, that'll do me just for the moment. But goals beyond that, Smith, I don't know. It's how, how, how close to the stars do you have to shoot to be content? Well, that's right. I mean, it's not really a, a, a Buddhist perspective on things. I don't know if they're all about achieving, really. They're more about uh, nothingness and being happy with that, just a, you know, kind of the, the Peter Pan and Never Neverland uh, concept of utopia where you're sitting down to a bowl of air and you're just going, mm, num, 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 mm. num. Oh, this is great. This is great pudding. Uh, and, uh, you know, sipping from a an empty flute, but just saying, oh, this is great champagne and, you know, snorting up a line of oxygen and saying, this is the best Bolivian ether wash I've ever had. And, uh, you know, sticking your, your dick into a, a, an overripe papaya and just being like, wow, this is the best sex I've ever had. I think this is more the, the, the Buddhist spin on things. And I, you know, look, I don't want to be, I don't want to be not paying the goat his dues, but I think he might have wandered from the path here. All this talk mm. about achieving. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. No, but, no, no, uh, that's look, not the way to enlightenment, Smithy. It's not. It's a, hey, it's a sloppy You've got to take player. a leaf out of the cow, Robbo. It's the process, not the, not the destination. It's the journey, man. That's the right, Vaughn. It's the, not, it's the process, not the result. It's the, the journey, journey, not the desto. And speaking of your journey, you just alluded to it. Uh, you're on the mend. I mean, talk us through the, some of the methodology. I know you, it was a gut issue, so you, I imagine you're stretching out the gut. But what about stretching out the corn? Is that part of it? And, and how do you stretch the corn out? Well, uh, my son, who, who just turned 18 the other day, gave me some distressing news. He said that if you wipe more than three times, you're doing irreparable damage to your cornhole. So one of the big changes what? in my life is I've put bidet hoses on every single toilet. And now the corn is perpetually rinsed. It never cops the grit. I, I don't go for mm. the, uh, the wipe anymore, Smith. I just keep it clean. I uh, basically walk straight outside do a bit of perineum bleaching while she dries off. Ah. Uh, you know, tap that up. Uh, just basically unfiltered energy yeah. direct from the soul, the sun, the soul within, the soul on the outside. And uh, it's working wonders, mate. I, I highly recommend it. Although make sure you put a bit that of sun cream on your butt cheeks because it doesn't take long for the, uh, the UV to really start crisping up that little zone. Oh, it doesn't see a whole lot of sun. That's right, Vaughn. Just get outside. Bend over, face in the dirt, hands on the cheeks, spread them and aim that black hole at that fiery red furnace and let it do the work. <laughs> That's it, mate. Over. From one goat to another, the femme goat, Steph Gilmore, has put her pointy RM Williams fair up the coit of the WSL's new tour format, the latest in a long line of heavy hitters to run in like Roberto Carlos and kick the administrators fair in the cornhole. Uh, speaking to ABC Sport Australia, she had this to say, I'd only ever won titles in the other fashion where you accumulate points through the season and the winner at the end is who has the most points. In this fashion, you just try and make the top five and on the very final day, the world's best battle it out and that moment crowns a world champion. You could have a bad day and Carissa just wasn't on that day. 
A big part of me still thinks the world champion should be crowned over all the different conditions. Surfing is about being able to compete in all different kinds of waves and being successful all through the year. I mean, it's a telling last statement, isn't it, Vaughan? Surfing is about being able to compete in all different kinds of waves and being successful all through the year. Even the Femgo, she's uh, disrespecting her eighth world title. Do you think that that, that eighth world title is the world title she's just going to store under the house with all of her, you know, just delaminated no, four relics I, as, as, as an asterisk world title? I'm surprised by this, Smitty. I, I think that it... It's probably going to be the one she cherishes the most, if anything, because she had to take down her four biggest rivals to win that world title. Whereas in the past, man, she's cantered to world title victories, just, you know, getting consistent results through the year. She uh, won events. Like right now, there's so much more competition for Steph. Like the, the level of surfing is so much higher. To get there on the final day, to come from fifth place and to win, that is iconic. And the adrenaline and the momentum that she experienced will. You know, it, the only way it can happen is on an, a WSL finals day. Um, I'm surprised that she's taken a, a, a whack on this and maybe she thinks that, uh, I don't know. I, I, like, I've, I've, I've always had a big problem with the way that women's world titles in the past decade have just been one-horse races. You know, like someone gets on a roll and it's sort of almost all done before you even have to fight it out in the last event. So... I like the idea that they've got to f- fight each other. They've got to, you know, strap up, get in the octagon and start doing fly kicks. Because, yeah, Carissa might have had a bad day, but she had a bad day because Steph scared the absolute shit out of her, man. There's no question. I love the final day format. Not in that wave necessarily, but the idea of strapping up, strapping on and getting into the octagon for a no-holes-barred death match uh, definitely appeals to me. And, and more of it, Vaughn. But, uh, yeah, interesting Interesting to note that she is a little bit of a detractor herself. I mean, look, I think the real the real problem with the format is what we discussed at the top of the program. It, it is this mid-year cut where, you know, you can lose the biggest names in world surfing for not only the year, but eternity. Mm. And I don't think that's right. So, uh, yeah, yep. I, I think that's where the change has to come. I, I, I'm more than happy with the, the final five showdown. I like the theatre and the spectacle and the pressure and the potential that it opens up with a run like Steph's, which, you know, let's be real, that was one of the most exhilarating days of surfing I can remember in a competitive jersey. Far yeah. out. She was on one that day. It was amazing to watch the femme goat rear her horny head and just just absolutely demolish her opponents, just fucking gore them, uh, you know, horn fair in the uh, you-know-what. <laughs> and... Uh, yeah, took them all down. Incredible. No, I, I, I just think there's, uh, there's still a lot of, you know, the, as we've discussed throughout this program, Smitty, there, there's, there's more managing of this tour format to be done, and uh, you know, it, it is interesting that the, the recipient, like someone who had no hope of winning that world title last year in the old format, is tearing it down. It's, it's pretty funny that Steph wouldn't have been able to win in the last event of the season, had it been the old way. Uh, over to Steph. Brutal honesty. Regardless love the, of the, love the honesty. Always appreciate that.
As John Joe flowers have Kelly slayed his foreskin in his knee There's Gabby shaved the bits of skin that none of us can see If you drag your filthy corn home down to the face of the old man pipe Will sparks fly from a lack of comet across the lonely night Are the wazzles judges crazy? Have they fucking lost the brief? Would Shane Horan take 50 grand over a lettuce leaf? This way the prophets will apply. So scoffish rules and ask us a question. We will speak no Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lies. Ask us a question, we'll tell you no lies. Also Blanco, 43. He wants to know, in 2021, Connor Coffin finished in the top five, then immediately got a deal with Firestone Brewery. Next year, bumped off tour. Jack Robinson finished last year top five, then signed a deal with a brewery. Will the Vortex Shaman meet the same fate? Mm. Yeah, what he's saying here is there's some kind of direct line between having a sponsor who is giving you a lifetime supply of Gronk Tonic with all of its organ-rotting chemicals and addictive qualities... And they dip in high-performance surfing. And look, it's tenuous at best, Vaughn. It's Mm. tenuous at best. I mean, if there's one thing we learned from our trivia night at the HPC, it's that that joint is awash with alcohol and drugs. I mean, far out. There was just keg parties and topless waitresses everywhere in there. I couldn't believe it. I was shocked. Uh, So, look, you know, if it's good enough for the HPC to have a – Several alcohol sponsors. I mean, look, would Callum Robson be where he is today without uh, the support of the HPC and uh, whatever they're pumping into him? Mm. I, I think it's safe to say no. Yeah, it's hard to say, man. I, 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 all I can assume is that the Gage Rose Brew must be alkaline. Has to be. Got to be. I, I just can't imagine Jackie Robbo getting in there. The Vortex Shaman... This year, I, I, sense, I sense another world title run. I, I think the tilt will be strong. I can't see him falling off too. It's just too good in too many different, too many different conditions, Smithy. And, um, yeah, I mean, the pool, meh. Trestles, meh. But Chopes, Margies, J-Bay, you'd have to imagine semis all better in those. Yeah, and it's interesting now that you've pointed out, Vaughn, the Jack Robinson Gage Road sponsorship uh, I did notice before his round one heat, he was sitting on the beach and doing what I thought was a, a, a curious-looking meditation with his hands positioned a, around his temples. I don't know if you caught this, Vaughn. No. But, uh, I, I th- you know, my first thought was like, yes, Jacko, he's, he's tapping into some deep pineal charging, some deep meditation, some deep Tom Carroll Zen state. But now I'm thinking maybe he just had a crippling hangover. Oh, imagine Maybe it. he was just going, fuck, my head is killing me. <laughs> and he was just holding his hands there and charging up, going, get out, get out, poison juice. Uh, pretty piss weak, if you ask me. Old surf dad, Smitty. 
He wants to know, will Leo get fined by Elo for telling it like it is? And how bad will the watch be when they're 10,000 miles out to sea on the West Bowl at sunset? Yes, uh, a very good question. I mean, we know Elo is, is not above it at a backshish, uh, especially from a, a lowly ranked uh, Roman surfer, desperate to keep his spot in the elite mm. ranks. I mean, he's, uh, look, Elo's just got to tap the nose to the judges. Just give it a couple taps, and uh, you can guarantee there'll be points getting docked left, right, and center mm. from Leo. So, uh, look, yeah, I'd be, I'd be careful, mate. The, the WSL, as far as I know, is not a democracy. It is far from a do- democracy. It is an autocracy of the highest, most dictatorial manner. And uh, look, if anyone should know about how fascist dictatorships pan out for the mouthy. It should be an Italian who grew up, uh, you know, with relatives under the, the evil glare of the evil Bernardo Mussolini. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, w- whether the, the WSL begins to imitate Mussolini and his evil ways, well, time will tell, and Leo will be the first cunt to go if he does. <laughs> yeah, mate, and just... You know, if you're going to paddle out to 10,000 miles to, to surf the West Bowl and you're relying on an Apple Watch, you, you, you're kidding yourself. Just wear another watch, mate. Sure. Wear 10 other watches. Yeah, you're already fucked. I mean, take a... Maybe he should be uh, uh, taking... A, we know how good the Indonesian satellite uh, technology is. Maybe run a telecom cell fucking uh, Jakarta-bought plastic Casio knockoff out there uh, dialed into the telecom cell satellite uh, or the the uh, SIM party network. I mean, look, they've never failed me. It doesn't matter which fucking far-flung speck of lava I'm on in that 18,000 island archipelago. I can always check me gram. I can always get on the red tube. I can always do me wave key. So, uh, yeah. look, don't rely on American infrastructure and some uh, cancer-riddled capitalist can't to uh, fuel your competitive right, desires and achievements. Jobsy Worm food. Got what he deserved. He got the lot. And you can bet your life, mate, if Rio Wider is wearing one of those watches, uh, one of those Indo watches that you just spoke of in his heat, and it fucks up, he'll just fix it with a fucking thong and an hockey strap, mate. No dramas. <laughs> well, that's right. I mean, the proof's in the pudding, isn't it? First round winner, Rio Wider, repping his uh, Casio knockoff. And uh, the, the, this Westerner, this stupid boule, putting all his faith in the Western autocracy, this uh, fake democracy, uh, gets stitched up. I mean, it, well, you, you reap what you sow, don't you, boy? That's right, mate. That's right. Get back on protection, you mate. Crocs boy, Kassar Smithy, wants to know, lads, just want to know if uh, Idolo has all these designer brands backing him purely because he doesn't fit any pants on the shelf because of his tiny shin bones. Now, this could be a revelation, Smithy. Mm. Apparently, the bone between Idolo's knee and his foot is unusually short. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah, this blew my mind. You know it's the what? opposite to a German Shepherd. Yeah. Well, it was interesting because when we had him on this show, um, it did almost seem at times like he was wearing his shoes on his knees. Uh, <laughs> you know, he was getting around. <laughs> and I was looking at him going, something's not right here. Is it your cornrows? Is it the uh, Is it the eight-pack? Is it the fucking giant Ballast, that meaty bratwurst swinging between your legs. I mean, there's a lot going on there, Vaughn. There is, man. Um, you know, 
So, yeah, I, I didn't really think anything of it at the time that uh, his Nike TNs were being worn on his kneecaps. But now that I think back to it, that was a little odd. Yeah. Yeah, very strange. And there's another weird trend here. It's that the surf companies don't seem fussed or concerned with their top team riders repping designer brands. I mean, Steph Gilmore's done shoots for, for Gucci in the past. Uh, Leo Fioravanti, of course, he's hooked up with House of Gucci um, we've got Italo rocking Yves Saint Laurent. I mean, oh, mate, this, what's happening to surfing here, Smivy? Yeah, it's going to be see, going uh, is down. Is this the seeds of a Rebel Tour sponsored by Versace or possibly uh, uh, b- b- Bulgari? Bulgari? Balenciaga? Buggery? Bourgeois coke sniffing, caviar quaffing. Yeah, the bourgeois wearing sniffing caviar mm. quaffing pro at, at Cloudbreak next year. Well, I mean, look, I wouldn't be against it. As long as that fashion is being ethically made, I'll back it uh, all the way to the hilt. But it does raise several interesting questions. I mean, you know, why jump ship at, at this point, getting out of the, the core surf market uh, for the sake of some Yves Saint Laurent or some Gucci? I mean, and... Where does Gucci even get its name? Is it is it was it on the back of uh, one of those uh, Leonardo da Vinci nude sculptures uh, that was all about just the perennial sunning and just <laughs> Gu- Gucci worship? Is that what this is about? Is that what I this think, is about? I think that is the actual Italian pronunciation of Gucci. That's that's just the. Uh, that's what Leonardo da Vinci uh, he clearly would have come up with it, as you say, in the drawing of the, um, oh, what's that man called? The, uh, yeah, the, the the immaculate fucking tiny yeah. prong or whatever. Yeah, his yeah. Name was. He's got yeah. little little draw little uh, arrows pointed to different different places, and yeah, just between the the balls and the anus, it says Gucci. Well, I ne- didn't see this one coming, to be honest. That you know, core lords from. Brazilian favelas would be repping uh, puffy shirts on the world tour, uh, made by Yves Saint Laurent, and uh, you know this this chick from a, a floodplain town, Merbar, where she grew up, surrounded by banjo dueling, cattle farming, wheat chewing maniacs, would <laughs> one day be representing Gucci, and uh, I mean, no. look, yeah, Leo it Fiorenti, goes against everything some, some that, everything we're we're brought up to believe in this country. It is. It does. It's it's uh, sacrilege, frankly, and, and uh, uh, I'll have no yeah. part of it. But uh, have a really close look. Get your mo- your uh, magnifying gla- glass out. I think it's the Vitruvian Man from from Recollection. Vitruvian Man by Leonardo da Vinci, and just have a good look. Just lift up the ball bag, and right there in in tiny little letters, it says Gucci. I'm pretty sure that's where it came from. Dog. Oh, sorry. Snake Eyes Surf Club. How many microdoses you packing in a week, Maestro? Yeah, look, I've been a little bit off schedule lately, but uh, I try to run the the Paul Stamets protocol, which is four microdoses a week uh, in the 0.2 gram uh, weight measurement with the B3 or niacin supplement and some lion's mane supplement. And this, according to Stamets, this stacking method is known to promote neurogenesis, which is the... uh, Neurogenesis is the uh, antidote to rugby league, it turns out. Um, yeah, that's what you want. After ramming your head into Albi Tuera and Finel Makamaka and fucking a bunch of other Polynesian heathens on the dimly lit 
suburban fields of Sydney. Uh, your best bet to reek yourself out of the black pit of mental despair that repeated head injuries gives you is a bit of neurogenesis, a bit of maestro of microdosing. So, uh, and not just that. I mean, uh, any kind of uh, mental anguish. I mean, I'm not going to say it's a panacea, but it's another tool in the tool belt alongside mm. your Wim Hof, your ice baths, your meditating, your paneer- perineum bleaching, and uh, all the rest of it, Vaughn. Oh, I love it, Smitty. See you next week, brother. And enjoy the Pipe Pro, the Billabong Pipe Pro, on right now in Hawaii. And don't forget, the ABB all weekend, seven mate or online. Well played. Are you kidding? Are you kidding? Are you kidding?